Welcome to the Flipped America podcast, where Pinoys explain real shit. I'm Joe Lemoyne, and I'm here with one of my oldest friends, Brian Gutierrez. Brian, how you doing, man? How's how's your week? Yeah, it's been a good week, man. It's hot as shit, though, man. But it is hot as shit. Yeah, I hate that question. It's so it's such a loaded question because unless something game changing happens, you just say the same shit. <laughs> Although I I I eclipsed my um, my uh, my vaccine antibody two week threshold. Nice. So yeah, among other things, visiting you guys is on the short list of what to do soon. Do you feel any different? I do. I don't. I I think I've told you this, but I've gained some weight during COVID, but only recently have I noticed like. Um, I don't know if it's placebo. <clears throat> I feel like I can't take a deep breath. I know I'm saying that as I'm vaping, but I've been vaping <laughs> for like 10 years. <laughs> and you've been uh, smoking for long. Yeah, it's weird, right? I've been smoking for much longer than that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've been telling my coworkers. I, I, I think I like. There's still some cobwebs, but it could also be placebo. I could also just be tired. Damn, I've heard that. Like. I almost don't want to hear that because I've been, you know, listening to some conspiracy podcasts. Just, I don't know. I guess I like to get myself riled up for no reason. And <laughs> they will say they will say that they know people like you that are affected just from the vaccine. I'm like, what? What's this bullshit? Yeah. Come on. And then, of course, one of my best friends is no. <laughs> talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you're not you're not helping me like dispel the conspiracy theories in my mind because of you of all people, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust you, you know, pretty much anyone. Yeah, I think I think though, like you think like when you get the flu or if you get the flu shot, right? There's no like deadline for when you feel awesome again. You're still shaking what you know you went through. So I mean, it's been recent. I mean, like I said, it's been about just over two weeks. So you know. yeah. When did you start feeling the symptoms? Well, you know, I told you that that the fucking the day after I was tired, and then the day after that, so like forty eight hours later, I was wrecked, man. I was like sleeping on the floor, um, but just you know, just I told it was just the uh, the aches of a flu, no no other symptoms, like nothing else weird. All right. Yeah. And then you've just been having kind of like residual. That, that. Yeah, I just think like, I don't know. I just feel, I, I don't I don't feel f- more fatigued than I usually am. But I, I, for some reason, like I find myself um, short of breath in situations I'm normally not short of breath. Hmm. Like case in point, we were walking to the fucking taco truck and we were having a full on like loud conversation with my coworkers. And uh, yeah, I like lost my breath walking and talking. This is like a basic life necessity is being able to walk and talk. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, I, I definitely experienced that in like early, gosh, when, yeah, 2020, like January, oh, really? February, you know, I came yeah. down with some kind of cold and, 
you know, people often explain, you know, described it as like having like a brick on your chest or, you know, someone sitting on your chest. And that's what it yeah, felt like yeah. to me. So, I mean, I've, I've never been tested to see if I've had it. There's always been this fear because I live in a, I don't know, this is racist me saying this, but like I live in a predominantly Asian community. So like there's this right. thought that, well, if it's going to start anywhere, like I'm just picturing, you know, there's of I, a lot of people traveling, of you know, in and out of here from China. Um, yeah. Why wouldn't it start here? But mm. on that same token, like for years, people have been wearing masks just during flu season. And I used to laugh at them. Yeah, no, you know, no. I would just I just no, see no, them. No, and like, What's going on with you? Like, why are you doing that? That's silly. And like now I Dude, think for the rest just... of my life, I'm going to be wearing masks, like especially yeah, during flu season. You drive anywhere in our area and there's masks even on the street, like, you know, before COVID, I mean, yeah, there's masks in like the supermarkets. Yeah. 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 Totally. It's just, to me, it just seems smart. Like I just realized, oh yeah, these germs are like flying out of our mouths constantly. Like why (laughs) wouldn't we be sharing that stuff? Right. No, 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 definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I had a work trip. And flew out to Florida, you know, from which, by the way, I just realized you didn't go by yourself, which is pretty cool. I did not go by myself. My wife and seven month old daughter um, came with me. And Mm. I know, like, there was definitely a a, we had a fight the night before because I think we, we trust each other so much. So, like, we. You know, I just asked, I, I think I just asked, she asked me, like, well, you know, how do you feel if, like, I joined you? And I said, well, you know, I got to check with, you know, what exactly the protocol is with work and see how that goes. Sure. Because um, sure. even check, you just traveling is a big deal. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah, yeah. honestly, like, I feel like my comfort level just, like, skyrocketed in the past two or three weeks since, you know, I got past that two week threshold since the vaccine. And I thought I was going to be really, really cautious, really careful. But yeah, when we talked about it, I mean, it, it took us like, I don't know, we, we got things squared away maybe a couple of weeks before the trip. And as the time, you know, wound down, like I just found myself getting more and more comfortable, kind of meeting with more and more people um, through a little birthday party for, you know, you were there, you know, for my son. Um, and you know, we had, you know, people outside and I thought, you know, like, why not? But then, you know, we, we got to, and and also like, we're both vaccinated and she's been vaccinated for like months now. And also she's been Mm -hmm. primarily, I mean, breastfeeding, you know, our daughter. And when we got to the airport and the crowds there like i had this misconception <laughs> that there were going to be like two you know lone people you're just kind of strolling gracefully through you know this massive you know lax and it was packed like packed to the point where we weren't sure we were going to make our plane and we were there four hours ahead of our flight damn and these lines that's were... true filipino true filipino. <laughs> is that a joke no, that's no man. Doesn't doesn't your mom like go to the airport super early for stuff? Like a, like a ludicrous, a ludicrous early, like amounts of early. 
Fuck, dude. You know what? You know what's so strange is in every aspect, other aspect of my life, my life, I am so late to things. The airport is the only place where I'm never late. Like I get there <laughs> like twice the amount of time, you know, that would normally be needed. And, mm. you know, and, you know, after we got through security, like, I think we had like two hours left or maybe three hours left. And Alex goes, well, yeah. we have three hours left. Like, what are we going to do? And, you yeah. know, of course, we have like this seven month old and we're just walking around in circles to kind of keep her, you know, occupied and stuff. But um, like, I didn't know that was a Filipino thing, honestly. Really? Like, yeah, I didn't know that. I guess I've never been aware of that. And maybe like the times that my mom, I've gone with my mom to the airport. And maybe she has got, you know, gotten there really early, like when I was a kid. And I just kind of like subconsciously soaked that in but I, I i did not know that because she too is notoriously late you know for everything even the things that are most important to her like church you know so <laughs> if she's gonna be late for no, god you know, like you, you, yeah yeah no you 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 exactly like my mom my mom too and mark mark is late to everything my mom is late to uh, everything except the airport Interesting. Like, I don't know. It's such a cliche joke, but yeah. If like, like if if she's leaving, if her flight's at seven p.m., like by one p.m., like we're leaving the house. <laughs> Damn, you know what? You're right. Like the last trip I took with my mom was like in two thousand eight, and oh, I yeah. do remember like, this. Yeah, yeah. It was like the Middle East or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was to the Middle East. It was the pilgrimage because. She, she begged me to go on this trip because she knew that I had lost my faith and was going to hell. Um, if I, and this was oh, probably the only way to save me. Um, but I remember that trip leaving like at night. And I think I got there like shortly after noon to meet up with my mom yeah. in a prayer group. So that's yeah. right, man. That's crazy. I'd, I've never even thought about that before. <laughs> yeah, for me, dude, I'm not late to anything now. I know you're not. I, yeah, I, I, I'm the guy. I'm the guy who, like, if there's a reservation at noon and I'm there at 11:40 and I've already checked in, I just stew and like, you know, I'm just so pissed because I'm like, everyone's gonna be fucking late. They're not gonna see us until everybody's here, and then you know, it all works out. But that's me. And you've just always been like that. Yeah, I don't know why. And, and you know, Mark. Mark has actually missed a flight to Mexico, so I rub that in his face every chance I get. <laughs> like he, like I, he, he, I mean, you know my brother, so this yeah. is so, this is so normal. But his flight, I don't, I don't remember. It's been 15 years, but let's say his flight was at 8 p.m. and I tell him like, yeah, I'll take you to the airport, no problem. Like this is before ride share and all that. And uh, I get to um, the house in Rosemead at like five. And I'm thinking, okay, whatever, we'll just talk and stuff, and you know, he'll get ready and we'll leave. No, man, he had to do laundry. <laughs> he, had to, he had, he had. This is three hours before his international flight. He had like the flight's at eight. He's in the shower at like seven fifteen. Oh and, my you know, god! On a no, no, dude, you should ask him about it. On a good day, 
from Rosemead, we could get to LAX in like half an hour. So uh -huh. in his head, in his head, he's going to check in within a 15-minute window for an international flight. So like, you know, of course we get, you know, we follow all the signs. This is making me sweat just hearing about this. No, we're following all the signs for the right terminal, and he's double-checking his ticket. And, you know, LAX is a nightmare and always will be. And uh, he, we get to the terminal, and, like, the baggage clerk's like, oh, yeah, they, 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 they taxied to a different gate. So he totally missed his flight. I think he, I think he was there for, like, five hours for the next flight. Good. Yeah. And, Good. Uh, Did he learn his lesson from that? He, he asked me, this is also before, like, texting was common. So he called me, like, on my way home and said, can you come pick me back up? And I told him no. <laughs> Good, man. Good. <laughs> did you I was end like, up picking up? No, man. No. So you did. Good. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it, was to, uh, it was to Merida, which I believe is near, like, Cancun. Okay. I'm not saying that because it's near Cancun, this is what happened, but. The way he explains it is like he got there and his girlfriend at the time, like, you know, obviously had been waiting for him for, you know, whatever, 10 hours or whatever long it took. And, um, you know, she wanted to go out clubbing like right away. And he was upset about that. And I was like, I don't know, man, I'd be upset that it took you, you know, half a day to get here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. That is crazy. When I took my one and only work trip to, uh, to Redmond, yeah, I probably just gave away where I work. But when I took my one and only work trip to uh, Washington, um, I made the mistake of um, booking Mark to pick me up from the airport, like on my arrival back from like a week-long work trip. And uh, yeah, he was like three hours late. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I had like two meals while I was waiting for him. That's hilarious. Yeah, on, on this trip, it's amazing like how much time I actually spent in the hotel room for meetings because there's still a protocol, you know, for yeah. you know not oh, right, no right, right, unnecessary yeah. you know meetings in person. Um, yeah. I did have to go, you know, meet with people in person, you know, throughout the trip, but um, it was busy. I I I think if I'm going to encapsulate my experience. In Florida, like my particularly Filipino American experience, I'm going to like center it on the time that I went to the pool with my wife and my daughter. And this was kind of like this was on our like second to last day, like the day before we flew out. And it was in the okay. evening. And, you know, my wife, um, who obviously I am very attracted to, uh, and she is not. Filipino American. She is white, um, like Anglo European Viking blood, that whole thing. So we go down to the pool and like, and throughout the trip, that's funny. I haven't really mentioned this because I don't want to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to give her a big head. Um, sure. but like yeah. the whole time, like I'm just seeing guys like, you know, they, there's this thing that I I'm used to where they look at her and then they glance over at me. They try to figure out like why she's with me. So I got that like the whole <laughs> trip. That's nothing to me. But yeah. when we got into the water, like there was this one guy there, big dude, and he's there with his Asian girlfriend. And he's like in the back of the pool, 
and he's just like like almost like an alligator. He's like up to his nose. <laughs> <laughs> and he has his like his brows furrowed. And he's just like he's like staring. He looks at her and then he looks at me. And then when I look at him, he like looks away. And he's with his Asian girlfriend. And I think she's completely oblivious. But again, you know, like I think we're good at acting oblivious. So I don't know if she is or not. But and there's this one moment where, you know, we're just hanging out in the pool and he just kind of like (laughs) just looms by. And I swear (laughs) I thought he was going to like graze her ass. He was like so close. And I was like, I'm going to have to say something. I'm going to have to say something. He's testing me. I know it. And then he just went by and I, and I, I am like 99.9% sure. Cause Alex and I, we talk about everything. We have not talked about this, but that she has no clue. Like everything <laughs> I'm telling you, she has no clue that any of this happened. This is all in my head, right? This is all going on in my head. And then, so there, there was this one. And also like what part of what I felt comfortable there was because there was, he might've been Filipino, I think he had a Hawaiian accent. And so, you know, a, a dark Asian dude, you know, and he's yeah. got like his tats and just a cool Asian guy. He, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, but he wasn't like, he wasn't tall, like, but, and he's there with his wife, you know, and they got two little daughters and one of the daughters is really young and she kept swimming over, you know, to our daughter, you know, and, and he had to say, he had to keep telling her, you know, Hey, 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 you know, you know come back here come back leave leave her alone leave her alone but i was you know i I thought it was like really cool you know that like there's i like i always find like when i'm away from home i'm always looking for someone that is kind of like me that i can connect with and i kind of felt that was like with this family so i was like you know you know alex and i were both like you know hey you know it's all good it's totally cool you know and and I just said, you know, hey, your daughters are adorable. And he was like, thanks. And was, so it was it felt like, OK, this place is kind of feeling like feeling like more comfortable, more homey ish. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then there was this guy. And I think it bothers me that he was kind of good looking, you know, and <laughs> he was and, he, you know, he, and he's got like he's got like this long hair and it's in a ponytail and he's, he's got like these classically american good looks and there's this moment where he gets in the water and i could tell like he notices alex because it's kind of like this he he, his eyes would kind of pass over and then they stop and it's like whoa who's this he's there with his wife he's there with his you know his daughter and so she gets up she's like hey i'm gonna go get um i'm gonna go get avery's uh like pool toy thing that she floats around in her floaty and like he's five feet away and he just like watches her like as if they know each other like and it and he's it's it's so it's like it's so blatant and and clear that i i actually like question like am i invisible does he not see me here? Does does he think like it's impossible that she might have any connection to me, even though her and I have been like, you know, like 
10 inches away from each other the whole time, talk, both talking yeah, yeah, yeah. to this little girl, you know, and... You're not like, you're not like, like canoodling, but it's very obvious. Yeah, right. And, yeah, and like, yeah. and it's, and I think he just kind of like snaps out of it. And so like, I just kind of, I'm looking at him, like waiting for him to see if he notices me. And it's just kind of like this thing where he glances over and then he's just kind of like, oh yeah, I was never looking at her. I was never, you know, like, oh, no. I'm, I'm here with my daughter, you know, like, and... And, you know, and what's cool is, you know, Alex comes over and she makes it very clear that she's with me. Like she, you know, she kissed me and, you know, it was just really close to me after that. And, but it's like, these are the things that, and here's the thing too. I think a lot of people might hear this story and go, oh yeah, that's all in your head. Like that's not really happening, but like, that's also part of what we deal with is like the questioning, like, am I imagining this? Is like, is is this something that is objectively true? And yeah. even if it is, then we also question, well, is you know, is actually is like, no matter what happens, I find myself questioning that. So, mm. do you even go through that? Is that something you've ever experienced? I don't know, man. I. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's because I'm a purebred or whatever you want to call it. Even though none of us are, but uh, I think it's. I think it's like the reverse of. Uh, well, okay. Here, let me just put it this way. So we we all have our preconceived notions when we see like a an old white dude with like a young Asian, right? Yes. So do you do you um, growing up? Well, see, that's the thing too. We got to we got to dive into like our very different regional upbringings, you know, 10 miles apart or whatever. But for 100%. me and my Filipino friends, my Filipino friends, when, when we found out that any Filipino guy, not even Asian, just any Filipino guy was dating a white girl, he like immediately became God, you know, like, um, and it didn't even matter how she looked, you know, it's just like an Asian guy, a Filipino, sorry, a Filipino guy, was able to, you know, lock down a white girl. Right. So, um, I I imagine that, you know, just uh, I, I don't I don't I don't I'm not saying it's overtly anything, but maybe maybe like those guys also have that same, you know, um, twisted perspective, if you will. Like, whoa, that's one of my people. That's with those people, you know. Um, yeah. I I. I I've asked myself the same thing. Like, why do I get so upset when I see like the old white guy with like the young Asian trophy wife? I mean, it's, it's, right. that doesn't happen just exclusively white and Asian. You know, like that's even even like you know the same the same race, same ethnicity. You know, you still have guys wanting that trophy wife. But I mean, if it didn't happen a lot, we wouldn't be talking about it. I mean, it wouldn't be like a cliche. So, yeah, it's something that I wasn't yeah. aware of. You know that. I wasn't aware of that until, I don't know, maybe, God, 10, 15 it's like years such ago. A, it's such like a clean, I know such a clean segue into one of the articles that we're about to talk about. You know, like Filipino nurses willing to do the dirty work or whatever it takes to, you know, send support back home. That fucking right. happens too with like, you know, this, right? Totally. Totally. Well, and, and I, I think, and I think maybe, you know, the reason why 
like I, it never really occurred to me was because my dad is someone who identifies as white. And because he identifies as white, I identified him as white. And so I, yeah. I wanted to be him. And yeah, like, oh my God, like my sister, she knew how to get under my skin. All she would have to say is like, yeah, you know, me and me and Sean, you know, my brother, we look like dad and you look like mom. And that would just kill me. And like, I never thought about like, How old are you guys? <laughs> when she was doing this? I don't yeah. know. She, like, I, she was probably like nine or 10 when she first started, but this continued into our 20s for sure. You know? That's so weird. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel I mean, like, I feel like, I, okay, I don't know. I mean, maybe I have to think hard, but. I don't know. I feel like uh, you all look the same. Well, you all definitely look related. Is she talking about your eyes having a very I, slight point? Here's the thing. I'm not even like she. I think she just enjoyed getting under my skin, like and and it's so like interesting. My brother stuff. is my brother is pointed like out. She, that, what did you say? The black sheep stuff? No, 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 no. I said like I said like she got under your skin once, and then suddenly like she realized it gets you riled up so maybe she just you know kept doing she it. was honestly she was a master of getting under my skin but like I, I even like think about like why i used to think that the reason why i got under my skin was because you know i didn't like being compared to my mom meant that i was more feminine and she would and i so i thought that's what she was kind of harping on but mm -hmm. like you know like she would she would tell people that she's not Filipino-American, that she was Spanish, French, um, you know, Mexican, Filipino. Like, it was all the things. And it was, it was kind of like she could yeah. be yeah. anything she wanted to be. And she's gotten a lot of work, you know, as a model and in commercials playing you know other ethnicities but it, it's or just for her ethnic look overall right i guess so you know like i mean and yeah that is like that's a that is a power but it was no no it, like i mean you know it's like it's yeah it like represents so many different people that it you know it, it, uh, it works yeah and it's, it's just weird too that no i know no one taught her to do this but it's almost like this just innate thing that I can see what makes me higher status than you. And again, a lot of it could be, there's so much like related to it. it you know, like it could be the relationship I had with my mom, the relationship I had with my dad versus, you know, the relationship that, you know, my siblings had with my parents. But yeah. I mean, all of that comes into play, but like I, and in this weird way, like, you know, I, I always felt like, well, my dad is white. So that must mean like I should get white things, you know, like I should have a white girlfriend. I should, um, I don't know. You know what? Honestly, that's all I focused on.
is horrible. Like it was just love, <laughs> like love, like, and and I and I think so much of it too was related to, um, like just how much TV I consumed, and so I I just I. God, I don't, you know, it's like, there's a lot that I'm going through right now because also too, like, I think like the first, you know, the first girl I had a crush on was Filipino. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I think I would always go back, you know, and forth, like between, I mean, just kind of through the range until I know that there was a point where in my life where I was consciously looking for someone that if I had kids with would balance out or kind of take away, like if we had kids, the Filipino-ness in them would somehow lessen, which is- Yeah, no, I got you. Oh my God, mm-hmm. man. Like I, 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 I think about that and it saddens me in such a deep way, but I know that was going on. And yeah. it's, uh, oof. Well, and, 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 and what's tough too, is that, you know, my wife is white and we have, you know, a, a daughter and she could definitely, at least now could pass as white, but you know, it's almost like, oh, I got my dream come true. (laughs) And yet it's, you know, it, it, I know that it's, it, it happened after I let go of that so-called kind of sick dream that I had, you know, it it was like, I got to this because I, you know, before I met Alex, like I was sure I was never going to be able to connect with a white woman. There's no way Mm -hmm. Mm. because I didn't think that again, as naively, you know, that they could possibly have the life experience, you know, to where there's these intersecting points where we could connect and relate to, and you know what? Her path is very different from mine, but it I think both of our paths humbled us. So, mm-hmm. you know, and we come from this this point of wanting to empathize with everybody. And I think that's yeah. where we connected. And we both felt like we hit really low points in our lives. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we found ways out of that. And so I think that's how we were able to connect. And like, you know, when I finally let go of this external kind of quality I was looking for, like, lo and behold, like I find it in a white woman, mm-hmm. which it is just <laughs> bonkers to me. Yeah, that's no, bonkers to me too, dude. But was so growing up, did you feel like you had any challenges being Filipino American, or? Yeah, no, did, I told yeah, like in like in grade like in grade. I mean, like in grade, I, I never felt like oppressed, but definitely a lot of this too can be you know mostly just trying to fit in when you're growing up. Right. But yeah, you know, you know, I totally, I totally lived off having the, a Hispanic last name, and you know, I never like lied and said, oh yeah, dude, no, my my dad's Mexican or my dad's. Spanish or my dad's Hispanic, but, um, you know, it did, it did, <clears throat> it did help. Also, like, um, I think just because it's easy for me to make connections with people and make friends, 
it was never like a huge issue like in grade school. You know, I still I still would be slightly outcasted because you know, if I had if I had you know ten friends in each grade, I would be the only you know Asian, not even the only Filipino, but like the only Asian. Period. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, but yeah, I mean, with 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 Mexicans or Hispanics in general and Filipinos sharing so much, uh, you know, shared culture, I think like again, outside of like a little quips. I mean, it was uh, not, no, it was not, was not hard. Like my first two girlfriends were Mexican. I mean, these yeah, are not serious girlfriends, but yeah, yeah, you know, very Mexican. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that that is definitely a notable difference between the two of us. Like, I am an introvert, and you are an extrovert who just has the gift of gab. So, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I that ability transcends all races and um just circumstances i i feel like yeah i don't know man like i never you know i never crushed on a filipino girl until high school but you know definitely in high school you know um my high school being so diverse but having very very you know this is a whole nother topic altogether but you know having a very deep filipino um population uh yeah then like i was suddenly instilled with all this pride and <clears throat> that too was kind of like fitting in you know like i didn't know anything about the, the philippines and you know all i knew about being filipino growing up was a you know we we had these customs and we had this kind of food and we had these kinds of traditions but yeah you know and start wearing like filipino pride shirts and See, like loudly proclaiming that I was Filipino, and that started when? High school. In high school. Yeah, like it's like literally instant. Like one summer, you know, and 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 because of the proximity to my element or whatever, my junior high, um, a lot of my friends from that school, again, who are all Hispanic, they also applied to the same high school. And you know, what do you do when you're a freshman in high school? Like you stick with your friends from grade school, whoever you had left. Right. And right. Uh, yeah, those bonds, like those those bonds after eight years together, those bonds like dissolved within a month of high school. You know, like they found their, you know, they went with their friends, you know, whether it be, you know, ethnicity or this, a shared sport that they played. But then, yeah, and then I just clung, I just clung on to you know, the first Filipino group that I ran into. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that I I wish I had. Like I felt like I had no ownership of my Filipino ness. Like I, I there wasn't like I didn't feel even though like especially when I was younger, man, I totally looked Filipino. Um, like entirely. Filipino. I don't know, man. You don't think I so? I don't know, dude. I never, I never thought that. No, I can't even call it out now. Interesting. Yeah, like, I, I mean, like at the expense of sounding rude, like I, 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 I like don't know. I don't know what, what you know. I couldn't guess what you know ethnicity you were, and I've known you my entire life. Like especially <laughs> when you had like that that beard, you know, like it's like fuck, man. 
No, 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 man. I'm not saying, you know, like, people make fun of, people make fun of, like, you know, people who have a lot of, like, even Mark has a friend who has so much in him, you know, like, Filipino, Irish, um, you know, Mexican, Japanese, China, like, so much. Yeah. And, and, and you know, like, when, when, sh- when shit gets silly, they're like, oh, yeah, man, call that mutt, you know, but they're talking about Alfred, you know, and he's, he's a great looking guy, but you're always going to carry that, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's weird. You know, the whole mutt term, because the best reaction I've ever got, because I would try to explain, you know, what I am, you know, say, well, my mom's Filipino, my dad, Spanish, French, Mexican. And yeah. every, but like, I found that like, just exhausting. Every time someone asked me like, Hey, what are you? What are you? And this one time I just said, oh, I'm a mutt. And it got the best reaction. You would have thought I was like Dave fucking Chappelle, man. Like yeah, just yeah, yeah. started laughing. And, I, and I, I'm telling you, particularly older white people, like when I gave that response, oh, they loved it. Like yeah. I could almost see that. I could almost see like this appreciation in their eyes. Like, oh, okay, I like you. I like you. And like I get it now. Like now, it's it really feels like after reading um, "Cast" by Isabel Wilkerson, you know about the American caste system. Like I'm basically saying, look, I get it. Like I'm on a lower level than you. You know, I'm just gonna call it out, and that just like makes everybody more comfortable. And yeah. and I think as I you know as I got older, because as a kid. I just tried to deny it. You know, I did not want to. And I think that's why I, another reason why I didn't embrace that Filipino side of me, even though by far that is the side of me that I have the most, like my mom is like 49.6, 49.8, you know, percent Filipino. Mm -hmm. So, or at least that Austronesian, you know, that area and so now, you know, I think after doing the whole 23andMe, like, I do embrace that. Like, I feel Filipino-American. But, and that's the weird thing, too. Like, some people I'll tell that to, and they'll be like, you're Filipino? Um, but as a kid, I, you know, I think the reason why I think I look so Filipino is because there was this, there was this Filipino kid who was a year older than me and he was kind of like you like he was just super popular i believe he was extroverted but i mean everybody just liked this guy his name was eddie and he had a very filipino last name mm. everybody at my school mistook me for him like they would call me eddie and for a long time and, you know there'd be times too where like I'd be walking down the hall and some parent would be like, hey, Eddie, 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 hey, Eddie, no. Eddie, I'm talking to you. I'm, I shit you not, man. And it got so bad because I would just say, oh, no, I'm not Eddie. I'm Joe Lemoyne. Don't stop. You're Eddie. You're Eddie. I'm like, no, no way. I'm this like, is name's... like a fucking movie, man. I'm telling you. And it and has I to think be your like, skin tone. Maybe, I yeah, I would think we were, yeah, we were both dark. But we also had the same, you know, sad bull haircut. He just pulled it off better than me. And at the same time, at the time, we were both like the same height. 
The yeah. only difference is that he had like these massive muscular calves, like he oh, right. just like like and and I remember it making me feel like shit that I had these little pretzel sticks for you know. I don't know. And, they're like a Filipino thing, though, man. The big calves. Is well, I guess. Well, it's like it's like one way or the other. It feels like, but. You know, he, he but he had these like these massive cats. Like he just looked like like a a racehorse, like Clydesdale legs. And yeah. you know, he played soccer yeah. and just like and all the things that I didn't do, you know. But I remember being at even like at a recital. No, it wasn't even a recital. It was like some yeah, a recital at our church, and I played the piano. And I got like the standing ovation for what I played. Everybody thought it was Eddie. Everybody <laughs> thought it was Eddie who played it. Like afterwards, everybody was like, Eddie, that was amazing. Like all these parents came up to me saying, Eddie, no way, dude. I swear dude. to God, man. I swear to God. And then I ended up going to public school like he did for junior high. Everybody there thought I was him. You know? That's and there weird. was. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's because I know you, but that, like I have friends who look similar, and I've never mistook one for the other. Maybe because they weren't friends. Maybe because they were just acquaintances. Like you said, parents, right? Yeah, they were parents. Yeah. This yeah, isn't like I mean, students who like have class with you, and like half the time they're calling you Eddie. Is it? No, that's yeah, that, that's you're right. You're right. But and when I first went to the school, you know, th this yeah. new school that he was at, like people first would say, "Oh, Eddie, Eddie." I'm like, "No, I'm not Eddie," and they're like, "Oh." Do you know Eddie? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know Eddie. Oh man, he's the coolest guy. Yeah, yeah. you know, he's 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 so funny and he's, you know, and he's amazing at soccer. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I've I've heard all of this a billion times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it would and but there were times where I just almost like the mutt thing, it just got easier saying, oh hi, when people would say Eddie, I'd be like, oh hey, how's it going? And I would just be Eddie. For like the three seconds wow. until I could get out of there. What the fuck? And then as we grew up, you know, I grew taller and thin, you know, lanky. And he just kind of, he didn't grow definitely as tall, but he was kind of like more stocky and muscular. So the, the differences became more pronounced. Um. <laughs> Yeah. We both I don't know, have... man. You've always been taller than us, so this guy must have been tall for... I'd have been what? I said you've always been taller than us, even at the same, like... You didn't have, like, a growth spurt to me. You've always been taller than Chris. So, I guess, uh, but I mean, I mean, I definitely hit a spurt when I was, like, I think between yeah, freshman no, and sophomore I keep, year. I keep staring blankly, like... Uh, and everywhere except the screen, because I'm trying to remember how you looked back then. But I, I mean, I, I yeah, like like I said, um, I always remember you being around. I always remember being your friend. And then I don't remember the moment when I was like, oh okay, he, you know, he's in our fam, he's in our family circles, because his mom is Filipino. You know, like I don't remember that. But I, I always like, I don't ever remember. Hold on, how am I trying to say this? I always considered you Filipino, but like with that unfair advantage that you weren't full of Filipino. 
So the opposite of how you feel. <laughs> totally. Totally. No, I, I remember too. Yeah, I'm like, I, I remember like, when this motherfucker is like, this guy is tall. Uh, I, I, I feel like, I feel like this, uh, I, I don't know if you want to call it a complex, but maybe like just. It is a complex. Just, I, I, you know, a hundred percent. How strongly you feel about this has totally clouded. Like, I don't know. You just think I'm being a best friend to you and, and I'm totally not, but like, Man, when I tell you if I had your physical gifts, I would have died of AIDS by now. I fucking mean that, dude. Like, <laughs> and, and also, so this is this is super shallow. This is super shallow. But like, there there's definitely I don't know how many people would agree with me, but when you have when you when you when you mix any I, I feel like I've said this already too. When you mix anything with Filipino, besides other Asians, it can go haywire or it can go awesome, and like. I mean, I don't know. It's clear. It's it's clear that like it's gone awesome for your family. I mean, you know, you have you you're all great looking. So it's like, yeah, it's 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 we it always it always like uh, not confuses. I actually feel even more a more deeper appreciation for how you feel about you know your ethnicity and your upbringing because I fucking can't believe it. You know? I know, I know, I know, and you're right. Like. It is, when you said it, like, it's an unfair advantage. You're right. Like, and also, too, like, my last name is a European last name. Um, right. And, and that's the, th and I think that's the thing. It's like, um, I think there was this part of me, because I would, honestly, like, when we were kids, I've never felt more comfortable with a group of friends than the group that we grew up with together, you know, like, yeah. and yet there was this part of me that did not want to be part of that group. Like, and I think it was because of, you know, I thinking, no, I have to look more like my dad. I have to look more like my dad, you know, to the point where, mm -hmm. God, I mean, when I was three or four years old, I had just come inside from like, from playing out in the dirt and I'm taking a shower. My mom asks me, Hey, are you scrubbing? Did you scrub? And I, and I lied. I was like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally scrub. She comes in, yeah, yeah, yeah. And grabs my wrist and just starts scrubbing it. And like all this dirt, yeah. dirt comes off of it. And I'm like, Holy <laughs> shit. That's why I'm Brown. Like I'm just dirty. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and it was just weird. No one ever told me that, but that was the conclusion I came up with. And so I would just scrub and scrub for like the next six or seven years. This one part yeah. of my wrist until it would turn red. Just thinking, okay, if I could get this one part of my wrist white, then that means I'm white underneath and I could scrub the rest of the dirt off my whole body. But it like set up this unfair like expectation on myself to be something that I'm not. And I, right now, like, I realize, like, I just sound, like, ridiculous because I'm complaining about something that, you know, where I have, like, yeah, more of an advantage than, you know, you and Chris. But it's, it's, it's just this thing that I somehow, like, absorbed subconsciously without any direct, anyone directly saying, like, oh, yeah, you know, you're you're dark, 
and that makes you low status, you know, or you're Asian yeah. and that makes you low status. You're Filipino. Oh yeah. Filipinos suck. Like no one actually said directly that it was just things I heard people say to each other. And, and I would just take that in and it would just mess yeah. with me. And I, I remember I would see what badasses you and Chris were. And I would, I remember thinking, you know, if I was just fully Filipino, then I could be like them. But it's also just personality type, you know, and right, right, right. the whole That's thing. Exactly. But I, I would just, yeah. I would just equate it with being, you know, I just, I just would never feel like enough either, either way. It's so funny, man. You just reminded me of something that I haven't thought of in like over 20 years, but I remember uh, <clears throat> wanting to fit in with like my new, my newfound love for being Filipino that like I was begging my mom to like pay for a laser treatment to get rid of my freckles because everyone would call out my freckles. Like you ain't Filipino, man. You got freckles. Interesting. Like, you know, you're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not fully. And I don't know if you remember, I don't expect you to, but and like I used to not, I used to be very fair, fair skin growing up for a Filipino. So they're like, look at you, man. You're like, you're like pale. You got freckles. And you're saying that you're Ilocano full. No, you're not. You know, like, and I remember fucking wanting to get rid of my freckles. Damn. Yeah, I, I used to do, I used to uh, put lemon in my hair and just sit out in the sun. Oh, dude. Like over the summer. Yeah. Fuck and you, man. Like it you would blonde? turn like, well, it would turn like three hairs red and then I would just get dark as fuck, you know, which was... Yeah. Yeah, 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 not what yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, was hoping for, you know, like now, like I embrace uh, it. Like I embrace the things that make me different, you know, from like yeah, yeah. what is typically American, but mm. it took me such a long time to get there. I took the long road crazy. there, you know, it is, cra it is crazy. Yeah. But no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's now, now, it's now my thing too is like I, I hate, I hate when like, I mean I've been places. I don't know. I can't I can't pinpoint anything specifically, but yeah, I hate like if I walk into a spot like I wanted to bring this up in the in a future podcast, but like uh, like Jolly Bee, you know they're the closest thing. I mean they own fucking coffee bean and tea leaf. So right. I always thought like, you know, um, any any you know there's there's Japanese restaurants. Right, like Japanese restaurants. Oh, what do you want to go eat? Let's go eat Japanese. I'm not saying like Filipino cuisine has to be fancy, but there's no outside of Jollibee. There's no uh, there's no Filipino restaurant that other 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 ethnicities are like. Oh yeah, let's go here. Right. Right. You know, like, they they know about it from another Filipino friend or coworker, but there's no you know. Right. Versus Japanese, so it's a thing. Oh, let's go eat Japanese. But yeah, if like if I'm in like a Filipino establishment and I'm like one of the only Filipinos there, I definitely get like preferential treatment, and I fucking hate it, man. Like mm -hmm. I, I you know, yeah, yeah. From from you know, and I like the hospital. For instance, you know, my father-in-law's going through some stuff because of COVID. There's a strict limit of two people in the room at any given time. 
But when the nurses see we're all Filipino, they fucking let the whole family in. You know, like mm-hmm. damn. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. And to me, I'm totally fucking weirded out by it. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's uh, you know, it goes really deep. Yeah, it does. I I think uh, you know you bring up you bring up the Filipino, you know, cuisine. And it's, that is something I've never thought about before because, you know, you're so right. There's like, there's other Asian um, cuisines where it's, it feels very elevated and high class. Yeah. And, or and even, I, I, or, or just, just, just socially accepted, right? Like, right. you know, um, fucking, I want to get pho or I want to get ramen or I want to get a pan express ain't, ain't nobody saying like punch it like in right, the rare right, in the right. rare off chance they they know our cuisine they're like oh yeah you know what i went to a party and the food right. is so good yeah you know? <laughs> yeah so true it's so true yeah. i mean and, and you know in in this weird way i almost you know i like that it's almost like the last kind of unexplored realm i mean i'm sure there are other cultures like indonesian and um oh yeah even indian yeah, you know yeah sure right you know but yeah. we're kind of like on the outside and i think right now is kind of a cool it's kind of cool to be on the outside but yeah yeah you know it's funny like speaking of that you know we're going to tackle three stories about you know filipinos filipino americans and yeah one of the stories, um, this is from Forbes. It says uh, that the title is These Filipino Inspired Donuts Sell Out in Under a Minute Every Week. And I'll just read a part of it. Every Monday at 3 p.m., online ordering opens up for Cora. It's a Filipino microbakery based in New York City. It's been almost a year since co-founder Kimberly I'm probably going to mess up this name, Kamara, 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 started selling her donuts. And while production has increased from 100 donuts a week to 1,000, they still sell out in under a minute. So she's just, she's made made these donuts inspired by um, these pastries in the Philippines. And they're just hot as fuck right now. They're just, they're just killing it. And, and this was something that wasn't planned. You know, she started doing this during the quarantine um, and it's just exploded. And it's, it's kind of cool to see that something that was just kind of almost like an accident became this thing that's beloved. And I feel like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's something that our culture relates to in many ways you know it's there there we find out someone's filipino american you know or you know um like bruno mars you know being half filipino and like oh man really like and and that connection there so i don't know i i'm 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 excited for uh i'm excited for her and, and her boyfriend yeah I mean, I'm I'm probably I'm probably mixing up uh, most of the story, but it's kind of like how Portos got too. It's my understanding that Portos was, you know, one lady, 
like the matriarch of her family. She would, you know, bake pastries for her neighbors, and word of mouth got around, and fucking now we have portos. So I'd like to think that these Filipino donuts, I mean, you know, I've had a bad donut, so it's not just because they're donuts, you know what I mean? Like, they're, yeah. they're obviously very good. So, um, yeah, I think, like you said, maybe it's also with that whole uh, cuisine being on the outskirts, you know, it's like new and refreshing flavors people haven't tried before. And fucking Filipino pastries are fucking good. So, I know. You know, I know. It's reaching more people. Fucking awesome, dude. Like. Yeah, definitely. And it's bringing culture because it gets people asking questions, right? Like, you know, what's this? And, you know, what's this? And a lot of times, too, like, I brought a, I brought Filipino food to work and, like, most of my Hispanic coworkers are like, oh, shit, we have a version of this. Like, I mean, that's cool, you know? Like, whether it's trying something for the first time or connecting on some other different level. I mean, yeah, food brings people together. So, yeah, good for her, man. Else, so elsewhere in the news, um, I discovered this story about these uh, these slayings in Seattle that happened 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years mm-hmm. ago, 40 years ago, June 1st, 1981. Don't and you hate that? Is, I mean, what? That it's 40 that years, man. I know, man. That's yeah. I know. I know. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to marginalize these killings, but you know it's obviously tragic. I had never heard of this story before. I hadn't either. I mean, if anything, that's why I think I'm enjoying doing this. It's kind of like I'm trying to educate myself more on just what our people have been through. You know, because it's I I didn't think yeah. there were any stories worth yeah. noting, and Apparently there are tons, and yeah. I I I know, yeah. I know there are going to be you know if, if anyone listens to this, you know there are going to be Filipinos and Filipino Americans that are just going to be so, just maybe disturbed and disappointed by how little I know, but you know it's like my journey into this is like so, so new. Is that I mean I've just. I tried so hard not to embrace that that side of me to avoid that side of me. Yeah. But anyways, like, so this is about um, two noteworthy local Filipino Americans um, in Seattle, Silme Domingo and Jean Vernes. I'm just gonna read from this article. Um, Seattle has long been a haven for both trade unionism and immigrants from troubled countries across, across the Pacific Ocean, especially Filipinos. Both of these elements of our city's unique history came together on the date in focus here in a fascinatingly tragic event that demonstrated the deep roots that Filipinos have planted here during many decades. So Silme and Jean were living in Seattle in around 1981, and worker, they worked as organizers for a local Local 37, International Longshoremen's and Warehousemen's Union, which was then focused on improving conditions for Filipinos working seasonally in Alaskan fish canneries. And while working to reform Local 37, which was rife with corruption and bribery, 
Domingo and Viernes were both shot by intruders inside the local 37 offices in Pioneer Square in downtown Seattle. Viernes died immediately. Domingo was taken to Harborview Medical Center where he spent 24 hours before dying, long enough to provide clues to medics about the identities of the gunmen, which led to the arrest of two suspects the following day. The suspects, Pompeo Benito Galoy and Jimmy Bulosan Ramil, were acquaintances of both Domingo and Viernes and had previously been dispatched by Local 37 to work in Alaska. They were both found guilty of aggravated first-degree murder on September 24th, 1981, and sentenced to life in prison. So you got these two Filipino guys that did the murder. Mm -hmm. Third suspect, Fortunato Tony Dictado, was convicted on May 12th, 1982, of ordering the murders, and he was also sentenced to life in prison. Dictado was the leader of a local Filipino street gang named Tuli Sun. I know, I know, I'm this. His members were often hired by Local 37. While it was immediately assumed that the murders were motivated by a local dispute within Local 37, Committee for Justice for Domingo and Viernes eventually determined that it was Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos and his wife Imelda who had ordered the murders in retaliation for the victims' anti-Marcos activities in Seattle during the 1970s, and a federal jury agreed in December 1989. I, I guess they both spoke out, you know, heavily against um, the president at the time and his yeah, wife, yeah, which, you know, are notorious. Yeah. yeah. On March 8th, 1980, March 8th, 1991, King County Superior Court jury found the former president of Local 37, Constantine Tony Baruso, a supporter of the Marcos regime, guilty of aggravated first-degree murder in the death of Viernes. Baruso was acquitted of a similar charge in the death of Domingo. I mean, I had no idea, you know, like props to just, to uh, Silman Jean for becoming the head of this union, but like for the, then they get murdered and then it's connected to the president yeah. and you know the first lady of the Philippines like i don't know how that wasn't like why i didn't hear more about that and and maybe my <laughs> mom was talking to you know your mom about this maybe they knew but yeah i certainly did not and <laughs> shame on me for not knowing but i just I mean, that, that is some scandal right there, like across no, the waters. Yeah, man. It's like a fucking mafia boss, dude, calling in a hit. Yeah. Yeah, like I, mean, I didn't I, even hear about it, but without internet. This is pre-internet, right? No, no shit, huh? They, probably, <laughs> they sent airmail. It took like a month to get here. Or maybe telegraph. I don't know, man. It's like the <laughs> I think there was telephones, international calling back then. I'm sure. I'm sure the president of the Philippines could afford an international call. Yeah, and and you know, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. You know, if it's a heavily, you know, heavy Filipino community, I'm sure someone's going to have connections. 
you know, to the government back there and just maybe as a way of gaining favor. And again, that's something that I was unaware of, like just how deep the corruption was over there. I mean, it, it's, I guess it's like, oh, shit. yeah, I, I was just not aware. I, I The first mm. time I became aware of it in any way, I remember there was a friend of mine who was Filipino and she told me that she was dating someone who was very rich and her boyfriend yeah. ran over a homeless guy just because the homeless guy was like asking for money. And so instead of like driving away, just decided to run over him. The cops came mm -hmm. and all he had to say was who he was. And he was let go, like just just like that. Didn't even didn't even get arrested. Didn't even go to court. He just walked away. And I I had no idea, dude. Stuff like that happened. And I and I know Man. that stuff happens here, particularly with you know black Americans. And I I'm I'm becoming more and more aware of that now. But you know it's like I just didn't realize that I could in any way be connected to that type of corruption. Like at the time I was so naive. I was like, oh, that stuff doesn't happen in America. We're so much better than that. And I can't imagine yeah, it happens yeah. in a country that I'm connected to. But yeah, I yeah. mean, clearly you know about it. Just by I got a reaction. horrible story about it. Like one yeah. I'm not even fucking comfortable telling, dude. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, you know what's funny is like, uh, I just read a comic today on Reddit. It was, um, it was like a four panel comic and it was a, it was an interviewer and a prospective hire and it was super brief. It was, I mean like the, the caption bubbles were, uh, well, you ace the interview. And then like the next panel is like, but what we're really looking for is someone with a blood relation to anybody who works here or something like that. You know, uh -huh, and it's like, uh -huh. that's, so, that's so fucking true. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like when I went to the Philippines, I'm not going to incriminate everybody, but an extended family member of mine took me out, you know, like the American, the Filipino American who doesn't know like the, the way of life in the Philippines. So, you know, like cockfighting yeah. and uh, Ill illegal gambling and, you know, drugs and ramp, you know, rampant alcohol and prostitution. And it's like, I was like, dude, I'm not, I didn't come here for this. I came here for a wedding. And his answer was, uh, no, don't worry, don't worry, man. Um, my uncle is the sheriff. If they just tell him, if, you know, I, we have the same last name. Don't worry about it. Shit. Like, you know, like, yeah. dude. Um, yeah, man, that's a, that, that's a big thing. Sometimes I'm suspicious. I don't, have you seen, like, jeepneys and uh, the motorcycles with the little cab? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've ridden them before. Uh, you, you see what's on there, right? It's the last name. It's on every fucking automobile there, dude. I wonder that's if that has anything to do with it. Oh, that's interesting. I yeah, never Big-ass fucking letters, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never even yeah. thought about that. You know, it's... I mean, guilty as charged. Like, I realize, like, I don't know many Filipinos that... I mean, outside of our parents that lived, yeah. that really lived there and like know what life is like there now. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's totally from, 
you know, an outsider's point of view. And um, I don't know, that's definitely who I want to reach out to is just find some people that can, you know, explain and share what life is like there. Because I will say two of the most peaceful I mean, and there were some dramatic moments during this time, but two of the most peaceful weeks of my life were on my Lolo and Lola's farm, <laughs> like away from everything, everything. Dude, dude, when when my when my dad died, like uh, I don't I don't know if you remember, but <clears throat> like for my mom to kind of not go not lose her mind, she went back home to the Philippines and she took us with. Her. To me, to Mark and I, it felt like we were there for like four months. Dude. But, you know, everything when you're a child, like, time is just... Oh, yeah. You know. But apparently it was, like, six weeks. So still very long. And I remember yeah. fucking hating it. You know, like, you got you, you can't even flush the toilet because there's no running water. You know, you yep. can't take a shower. Can't, yep. Because you got to use a towel, you know? Um, yep. Yep. And then, you know, we went there two more times as kids. Kids slash... No, no, as kids, not as teenagers. Maybe, maybe a young teenager. We went when grandma died and we went when grandpa died. And I still fucking hated it, dude. Like, um, um, the second to the last time I was there, there's uh, electricity. But, I mean, you're still fucking, you're not taking a shower, you know? And, yeah, and we're just used to all the comforts here in America. But, dude, when I went there as an adult in 2002, so that's going on, like, 19 years ago, it's fucking awesome, dude. Like you said. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I don't even know if it's because it's remote and quiet, but. Yeah, when you ignore all the other variables, because yeah, it is super corrupt. Um, no, yeah, dude, I, I like, I have like a journal entry, or maybe maybe several over months of like wanting to like move there, even though I know I'd throw, I'd fucking try to die there. But yeah, man, no, this is awesome. That is something we will definitely have to devote a whole episode to, is our individual experiences there. Because it definitely, it definitely reshaped my thinking of yeah. really the world and who I am, and Dude, and yeah, again, it was like sure. a, it, it, it's 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 so crazy because again, like when I think about our our families and the parties we were at, like I've never felt so comfortable, you know, especially yeah. as a kid, and then. Yeah. In the Philippines, like it started out where I literally thought that there's no way I'm going to survive two weeks here. It's impossible. I'm going to die just from the heat. And if that doesn't kill me, the giant spider in the bathroom is going to kill me. Like there's just yeah. the cockroaches are going to kill me. Like there's I'm just dead. I'm there's no way I'm dead. And then three days in also like not doing being without TV in 1998. No was, shit, man. It, yeah, it seemed impossible. I had a, yeah. I realized in the Philippines, I had a full on addiction to television and, no, sure. and it, and that broke me out of it. But, um, yeah, man, it, I can't, I actually can't wait to talk about, about our whole experience because it, I can't uh, wait to fucking go back, dude, because yeah, dude, we have to, even Alex is yeah. excited to go back, you know? Yeah, dude. So like yeah, I I I mean it's not I, I I want this episode to go deep because yeah like you said it definitely did change my perspective and you know to this day but like there's so much 
there's so much other funny shit. Like I remember when we, cause my, my, like you have the fucking flight, which is like 16, 17 hours. And I don't know where your family lives at, but my mom's family lives fucking like 10 more hours from Manila. Uh-huh. So it's literally over a day of traveling. And I remember yeah. like at a rest stop, I was so fucking pissed. Like this is bullshit. And then, uh, you know, I went to use the restroom, came out. I was like, man, I'm fucking hungry. So I went to go get a, you know, it's like a generic version of Jollibee. And yeah. I got like, you know, whatever, two pieces of chicken and rice. And they like told me, they're like, okay, it's 35 pesos. And at the time, like 55 pesos was a dollar. Uh-huh. I, like, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and they're like, you know, 35 pesos, sir. I'm like, are you give me three? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, same thing happened. Like I told you, I, that, that 2002 trip, we went for my, uh, my mom's sister's wedding. And uh, yeah, we were like, and I still smoked back then. So we were like smoking on the patio in the fucking country or what are they, the province. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's like a guy pushing a dolly and he has four crates. I don't know, probably 24, 24 beers each crate. And, you know, he's selling San Miguel door to door. And I'm like, yeah, let me get two. Because I was sipping with a, my aunt's future husband. And he's like, 24 pesos. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's, a, it's 12 pesos each. I'm like, fucking go home. Give me the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, just, I just remember, like, uh, I mean, obviously, um, you know, uh, the, uh, the cost of living there is definitely correlated with your compensation there. Yeah. But yeah, I just, remember, I just remember thinking, like, man. It's awesome here as a tourist. I wonder how it would be like, you know, as a resident. Yeah. Yeah. Bananas, man. It is bananas. I brought back like 10 cartons of cigarettes because they were so cheap. Oh, damn. U.S. Customs seized all. Yeah, U.S. Customs seized all but two because, yeah. No, there's a limit, man. (laughs) It is so fucking cheap, man. Like, yeah. I remember wanting to buy. This is so silly and so mean, but I wanted to buy a, um, we at the, one of these, you know, big giant malls. My uncle took me to yeah, in Manila yeah. and I saw some stationery with Titanic on it. I was, so <laughs> into, I was so into Titanic at the time. And so, you know, and there's a woman working at the kiosk, young girl with her baby, right? Working at the kiosk. And I'm, yeah. you know, so I, I, I'm like, oh, I want to buy this, and I hand her a ten dollar bill, and she just looks at me like, yeah. what are you fucking <laughs> nuts? Like this is, this is ten cents, you know? You're gonna hand me a ten dollar bill? Right, 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 right. Like fuck you, dude. You know? So, and, and my mom, and I, my my uncle just looked at me like, you know what? Let me just handle this, you idiot. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. No, yeah, yeah, same, same. Like we were on the jeepney. And, you know, like, you just hop on the jeepney. You don't, you know, it's like honor system practically, you know. And, uh, yeah, I remember, like, rifling, you know, through my wallet, like, pulling out, like, paper, like, bills. And I'm like, how much is it? And my family's like, dude, put that shit away. You know, like, yeah. you're about to get mugged. Exactly. You know, like, and they just hand, they hand it over coins, you know, like, that, <laughs> like that's what I was supposed to pull out. But, right. You know, I just had dollar bills. I I uh, I probably told you this story, but I'll say I'll, I'll tell it just for the sake of this podcast. Um, when we were at a mega mall, they yeah, probably probably the same mall you went into, but then again, they have like hundreds of those. But 
and my mom was looking at jewelry and she was totally getting ignored and that I was I was downstairs doing whatever and I went up there to tell her that I was leaving and uh, you know the moment that I told her hey mom I'm gonna be outside the staff like heard that I didn't have an accent and they just fucking flocked to her man like oh really but like in in like 30 seconds she had like three necklaces on a bracelet <laughs> you know because it, it's you know because like, like you said handing that ten dollar bill over same thing like this this lady must has an american son she's either married to an american or she's she works in america so right right this is my commission this is my commission for the fucking next six months you know yeah man we are we we're, we're, it's this is us, man. This is how long we can talk. I have one more story. I think we'll go through really quickly. I'll just please, because this and this too could be an episode on its own. It exactly. It totally can. We were raised by fucking nurses, dude. Exactly. And, same, and a lot of the same discipline that they, you know, uh, you know totally. gave to us is the reason why they're nurses in America. <laughs> exactly. You know, and. Yeah. So the, the stories in time, you know, it's from uh, May 30th, 2021, this year. Um, it, the, the article is, from AIDS to COVID-19, America's medical system has a long history of relying on Filipino nurses to fight on the front lines. And, you know, I think we all know just what um, an impact Filipino nurses have. Like, I... And it was just interesting reading the statistics because yeah, I actually no, thought there were, no. you know, there were more like the, the it seems like because for me, I guess we're you know living in Southern California. I feel like it's almost it feels like, you know, 90 percent of the nurses are Filipino. I'm sure that, you know, that's no, no. my strange perception. But um, but what it says here is 24 percent of the nurses they surveyed, this is about, you know, treating COVID-19 and yeah, 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 yeah. 24% of the nurses they surveyed who died from COVID-19 complications were Filipino, but Filipinos only make up 4% of the total registered nurses in the country. And it says since 1960, over 150,000 Filipino nurses have migrated to the U.S. in 2000, U.S., and in 2019, one out of 20 registered nurses in the U.S. was trained in the Philippines. And, I mean, our moms were part of that migration since 1960. Yeah. And I don't know, man. How do, how do you think your mom being a nurse, for, I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking about growing up. Filipino, but particularly a nurse, do you think that has like shaped your perspective, you know, on life? One thousand percent, dude. Yeah. One, ugh, huge man. Like, uh, yeah, we 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 gotta we gotta bookmark this to for for a future episode. But like, I I also just 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 for instance, when we're talking about ourselves, I think it's also a personality thing because my mom is not the oldest, you know, like. Taking care of the family certainly usually falls upon the oldest sibling or child. And, you know, she has two older siblings. And uh, it wasn't like my grandparents told her, you know, Cora, 
you're going to be the one to do big things and make sure we're okay back home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was her drive. Mm-hmm. And you know every outside of one outside of one younger brother, um, and she has a, a five younger siblings. No, six, five. They all became nurses, you know. And I think I think you know I respect her for that because that's the great unknown, you know. Like my, father, my yeah, my mom and to this day they're still like dirt poor, you know. She didn't have chocolate till she got to college, like that's how poor they were. Like, yeah, chocolate was like you know. So, you know, she did her thing in, in the 60s. Yeah, she went to a, a Memphis first. And, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like, she, you know, she sent money back home to take care of the nursing education for her younger siblings. I mean, you know, my, by the time, uh, you know, I was born, neither of my grandparents worked. And, uh, you know, not to take anything away from our family, but, you know, there was a lot of people who needed support, so she sent money back home. And uh, yeah, man, she 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 definitely raised me to be grateful and not to take. Uh, and and going to the Philippines, even even like as a kid, yes, I did come back, and in some twisted way, I was like, fucking thank God, I don't have to deal with that, that shit. I have like my toys, my transformers, my TV, you know, like my my my, my Nintendo, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, same, same. Like we were not, we were spoiled. Now that we're thinking, like my brother and I, you know, Mark, we we talk about it all the time. Like, yeah, you know what? She never, she never did say no, but she made sure that like, it wasn't, it wasn't, hey, mom, I want this, and she got it. You know, like she would let us stew, and you know, be grateful for what we have, and then, then like she would surprise us with it. You know, like, you know, this is free or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. She. I think, I, I think like, and she's never, she, I told you, she's the, she's so fucking cheap. Like, you know, she, she's, she, she's, she, she's, uh, she's, um, declined buying vinegar because like the price on the, that was listed was like 20 cents less than what she uh-huh. rung up for, you know? And, and <laughs> without getting too private, my mom is like independently wealthy. So that's a funny, like 20 cents, you know, like, um, yeah, she never, she never, you know, she never, uh, lost or you know she never you know took anything for granted even though she can get whatever she wants so yeah i think that's me too to a fault because you know certain i'll, I'll wear my boxers and my socks too i can never wear them you know i can't wear them because like me too you know the holes are too big <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, dicks, you're in danger of zipping your penis up because the hole up front <laughs> is too big you know like because yeah you know like there's a there's a lot of things that you know, um, I, I'm not saying I, I, I can be materialistic, but yeah, there's a lot of things that you know, just don't matter. You know, um, there's there's very important things that matter, and you know, there's stuff that is just fluff. So, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, man, it Eric, is. we were latchkey kids too. You got to remember, like, she, we, we, Mark and I were home alone, like, from 12 onwards. You know, like, which was yeah. highly illegal, but I mean, she right. had no choice. You know, she's fucking right. You know, she's working three, three or four days a week, and she's gone the entire day, twelve hours. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. You know, I, I think my mom being a nurse was one of those things that I completely took for granted. Like, 
the fact that she just knew how to handle every medical situation, you know, like I, that's something like I never worried about. Like I just knew she yeah. would be able to totally. handle it. And, and I realized like, I really do think she's in, in terms of like la- love languages, she's an act of service. She's just an act of service kind of woman. And no, I, bro. <sighs> yeah. You relate to that? No, it's just so selfless. Like I, like you know, my mom. I'm sure your maybe your mom has mentioned it to you in passing, but I know that my mom has been inviting her. But like, um, at, you know, besides this year because of COVID, but or you know, this past year. I mean, like she's she's volunteering her time and money to like go back home to the Philippines to like help people who can't afford healthcare, and she does this for a month out of every year. You know, like yeah. It's, ah, oh man, it's crazy. I mean, fuck, dude. You know? I know. None of that is paid. It's paid for by the nurses. And it's a bunch of fucking nurses. You know? I know. They, they bring back boxes of stuff, you know, that, that people need. And it's not stuff that they no longer need. Like, they're buying shit, you know? Like, oh, I got to go to Costco and get a shit ton of rotisserie chickens because they love them. You know, like, uh, I mean... You know, and it's funny because she, when, uh, when, when, when my ex was in a nursing school, she would, she would tell me stories of, like, people who would drop out because they couldn't. It's just not their disposition. You know what I mean? Like, it's no, it's no secret that nurses make a lot of money, you know, in the right position, in the right hospital. You know, like, they make a fucking lot of money. Yeah. But it's a job you can't do just for the money. Like, I'm sure there's people who can force it. And just do it because, you know, it, that's that's the lifestyle that they want to, you know, have for themselves. But yeah, when it comes down to it, like man, I mean, there's nur- there's nurses who can fucking do it seven days a week, and there, there are nurses who do it seven days a week. That's insane. I can't I can't fucking do it, dude. I can't even talk about bones breaking, you know, like let alone what they go through. Like, it's fucking hellacious. But it's normal to them. I mean, I, I mean, not normal, but you know, they. Tra- that's that's their training. Yeah. To handle that shit, man. Yeah, it's a, it, it's kind of like this weird chicken and the egg thing. Like, are do they become nurses because they have this kind of naturally giving spirit, or did Cheering becoming a nurse, spirit. you know, kind of add to it a little bit of both? You know. That's a question for them when they're on. Exactly. Exactly. Which is something to look forward to. It's going to be crazy. For sure. Well, on that note, we went way longer than I thought we would. So let's let's call it. This is is the first episode of Flipped America. I don't even know where we're going to be on yet. If you can rate us... um, and you love us rate us if you don't love us maybe give us some time or just ignore that part of it and move on but we should have ways where you can find us this is terrible self-promotion but look for look for flipped america podcast um maybe on instagram you should be able to email us we'll put those details up on wherever this video ends up landing wherever yeah so Thank you for joining us. 
and look forward I hope you look forward to uh, further episodes where you plan to go much deeper good night <laughs>